Lombardi keeps, and all he's got is turf in front of him. To the 30, to the 20, he's gonna go! Touchdown, Huskies! And IU junior quarterback Rocky Lombardi had his breakout game for the Huskies and sealed it with a breakaway 64-yard touchdown run against the Maine Black Bears. The Huskies topped Maine 41-14 on Saturday at Husky Stadium, keeping the Bears off the board in the second half and finishing their non-conference schedule at 2-2. Two two. NIU welcomes back alumni with the homecoming game, and Mid-American Conference fans welcome back Maction this weekend with NIU hosting the Eastern Michigan University Eagles at 1.30 Saturday on ESPN+. Hello everyone, I'm James Krause, the sports editor at the Northern Star, and welcome to another edition of the Red Black Football Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Pitsley Realty. Visit pitsleyrealty.com for renting simplified. On today's program, redshirt senior Dylan Thomas joins the show as we try and understand what his position is in the defense. Is he in the secondary? Is he in the front seven? Well, he kind of answers that later on. Plus, the Eastern Echo sports editor, Christian Byers, will help us break down an intriguing matchup this Saturday between EMU and Northern Illinois uh, with two top-flight quarterbacks in the conference squaring off. NIU was the heavy favorite against Maine on band day at Husky Stadium last Saturday. However, early on, it looked like the Huskies' defense was out of tune, and the game was tied at 14-14 early in the second quarter. That's when the Huskies' running game got their groove back, and Hammock adjusted and created a sound defense that led to a runaway win. The star of the game, however, was Rocky Lombardi, and the warning sign to Maine that he could have a big day on his hands may have came on the opening drive on this 19-yard rush. At the 29-yard line of Maine with a second and 10, and once again, this time, it'll be the quarterback with a fake. Lombardi going to stop and go to the 20. Stiff arms one defender. Stiff arms him again. Finally taken out of bounds by Kaluba Peewee Jr., the corner that he had stiffed arm, I think, what, three times? That sound from WLBK was the quarterback saying freeze to the main Black Bears defenders. And for his credit, his teammate freshman running back Harrison Whaley had 130 yards and finished that drive with this score. Now he's got Tyrese in motion, and off into the end zone, straight ahead between the, the two guards, and untouched into the end zone, Harrison Whiteley. Touchdown Huskies! That touchdown put NIU up 7-0, but the Black Bears responded with a Freddie Brock 28-yard run to even the game after a quarter. Lombardi found a wide-open Clint Rakovich to regain the lead, but again, Maine fought back and tied the game with an Elijah Barnwell touchdown run. Behind his own line, Lombardi took the lead for NIU with a seven-yard touchdown run, and that was right before halftime. NIU would add two field goals from John Richardson, the kicker, before the fourth quarter was when Lombardi broke off a 64-yard touchdown run. This may sound like a habit for Lombardi, but it is far from it. It's nice. I've always been able to, to run a little bit, I guess, but you know, I just never really never really have done it before so this is it's actually my first rushing college touchdown today yeah, fun fact yeah. yeah so yeah so that's pretty cool pretty cool to be able to say that you can run I guess definitely adds to the pass game Lombardi would tack on touchdown number three after NIU forced a fumble on a main punt return Nick Rattine punched the ball out for NIU 
and it fell into the hands of long snapper Eric April. That set up the touchdown and the final score of 41 to 14. It really can't go understated just how extraordinary of a jump this is for Rocky Lombardi. Over his time at Michigan State, he had 74 rushing attempts and 166 yards. Now factor in, a lot of those are on sacks. With only 27 attempts and only being sacked three times so far at NIU, he's already passed his MSU total. 214 yards in just four games from Rocky Lombardi, including 119 yards on 10 rushes against Maine. How did this Rocky Lombardi sort of come about? Well, he hadn't always gotten a chance to in previous offenses a lot of his career. He's been a quarterback, and he's been a quarterback in a pro style. Uh, was like that at Michigan State, didn't have a lot of opportunities to really run with the football. Now, uh, when he arrived to NIU, he and Hammock kind of worked over the summer on his mobility. This was uh, from Rocky Lombardi after the game. Quote, Coach Hammock recommended some drills for me, some small things to help me out. For me, it's about just getting reps in the run game, and you've seen how much I've improved already, and you'll see how I continue to improve. It's the continuation part that might be key. Could we see more of this Rocky Lombardi? We talked about last week how he wasn't used a ton against Michigan, for example, and he was more used to facilitate the run game, and he actually did a decent job of that later in the game. Could we see more of sort of a dual threat from Rocky Lombardi as the season progresses? Not something a lot of people really had on their radar for this guy coming into NIU, but maybe that's something we'll have to adapt to very quickly. It'll also give a reprieve for Harrison Whaley, who has been one of the standout performers of this offense. 487 rushing yards so far this year. He's averaging 121.8 yards per game, and he's 103 yards ahead of the next person on the list, Lou Nichols from CMU. He could probably take a game off and still be leading in the Mid-American Conference and rushing through four games. A phenomenal performance from him as well on Saturday. The defensive side of the ball probably had their best game of the season as well because of adjustments made at halftime and a visible improvement in tackling uh, in that second half. Maine only reached the red zone one time, and that was after, coincidentally, a Lombardi turnover, which he still struggles with. I believe he put the ball on the ground twice and threw an interception We'll talk to Dylan Thomas later. We we mentioned that at the top of the show. He's going to discuss sort of the gap assignments and how they were reprioritized at halftime. That was the big adjustment. Maine was held to only four first downs in the second half. And one of the things Dylan Thomas brought up that we saw a lot uh, of in the main game and we saw previously in the Michigan game. And IU is getting better at A, wrapping guys up on first contact, and B, group tackling, gang tackling, and attacking the football uh, and really going after uh, the ball carrier and making sure they don't give up the big plays. Outside of a 28-yard rush, I believe in the first quarter, not a lot of big plays all day from the main Black Bears. The question is, how is that defense going to hold up against their conference-level competition? 
uh, with some really, really good teams, including the one they're facing this weekend in eastern Michigan. We'll talk about that later in the program as well. Two other standout performances on the offense that need mentioning. Cole Tucker, four catches, 114 yards, just shy of his career record. Uh, he got majority of those yards on a 66-yard catch, uh, and he seems to be still a big part of this offense, even uh, as it's more of a, a rush-heavy team. They're going to try and get the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, the punt returner also for them, so they clearly see him as someone who's dangerous when he has the ball in his hands. Additionally, Tyrese Ritchie, who's been pretty quiet, the all-MAC first-team player last year, got seven catches, 76 yards, finally had a sort of breakout game for uh, this team, obviously impressed in the Georgia Tech game with some of the plays he was able to make, but really didn't get a chance to be a, a huge part of the offense in any of these games. Uh, and maybe that's because the game plan that he wasn't really able to get the touches he would probably normally get. Maybe in these next few games we'll really start to see what his role is going to be in the offense this year. A guy who had a really good performance on the defensive side of the ball is joining us next. It's Dylan Thomas, the redshirt senior linebacker slash defensive back slash rover. We're going to talk about the rover position and what that means to fans who are uninitiated with this NIU defense. That's all coming up next on the Red Black Football Podcast, presented by Pitsley Realty. <laughs> Joining me now on the Red Black Football Podcast is Dylan Thompson. We're re-recording this because we went about a minute without recording it. Dylan, how are you doing? Pretty good. Restart, we're good. Chilling. So we kind of brought this up during the press conference. Uh, you kind of have bounced between the defensive back and now linebacker. Mm -hmm. uh, and officially you're listed at the rover position mm -hmm. uh, alongside, I believe it's uh, Reverius. Uh, Dave Rainer? Dave Rainer. Yeah, Rainer. Yeah. Yeah, Rainer. Yep, yep, yep. Rainer. What is the rover position for those in the audience who maybe have watched football and, and maybe haven't heard of that position before? Um, it's equivalent to like um, outside linebacker, uh, Sam or nickel. Um, I go about it looking at it kind of as a, like a, a nickel for me just because I've been a DB for most of my career here. Um, you're in the box on some assignments, some plays, and then a lot of times you kind of apex between two split out receivers and a tight end or different pictures like that. So it's just um, depending on the picture, it depends where you line up. But you're kind of more of like the covering linebacker. We we talked about it right before we started, the gap play differences that mm -hmm. really helped you guys in the second half against Maine. Could you explain those for the audience as well? Yeah, it's just um, the second half, I think, well, we, we made some adjustments going into halftime. And I think just um, making sure that every, every man on the field did their 111 to be gap sound and playing that assignment football that we're used to playing. Um, if we're sound with our gaps and our assignments, a lot of runs won't, won't break out, but if, if, if there's one guy, even even literally just one, who isn't sound on his thing and doesn't hammer a block or doesn't spill in that play instance, then you'll see a run, run break out for 10, 12 yards, and hopefully no more than that. But that's where the bigger plays can happen. The explosive plays can happen is when we're not playing gap sound and assignment defense. Clint Rakovich last week on the show kind of talked about how 
you know, because he's all over the field for offense, yeah. he kind of has to prepare for as a quarterback right. for this offense alongside yeah. Lombardi. Do you feel like you're kind of in that same position, you know, mm-hmm. knowing the assignments of the defensive backs and the linebackers? Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, luckily, not as much as Clint because yeah, Clint is literally everywhere. He's a dog, so yeah, he's literally everywhere <laughs> on offense. Um, as of now, um, we've been pretty healthy outside of um, Devin, sadly. Um, our back end, our, our back group of uh, DBs, our corners of safety have been healthy so far. So um, for me, I'm, I'm kind of just zoning in on the linebacker assignments and the, the rover position assignments. And then, of course, nickel and different um, our poacher uh, coverage. So a little bit, but no, I, I would say no, nowhere near as much as him. He has to do everything, receiver, <laughs> running back, everything. We're through the non-conference slate of games, mm-hmm. uh, two and two records so far. What do you think defensively? Uh, is the biggest stride this team has made that is going to uh, translate well into the MAC play. So the biggest stride, I think. Um, just I think from Maine, um, it, it was really important that from Michigan going into Maine, that our tackling had gotten better. And I think um, watching that, watching that game, watching the tape, especially the second half, you saw a lot more. Um, we called the Camera Club. We saw a lot more guys uh, running to the ball and getting there. Uh, a lot of gang tackling, like. I think there were probably seven or eight players who had multiple um, assisted tackles outside of just solos. Like it's great to have the solo tackles, but if you're having four or five guys have four tackles assisted, that's that means that everyone's running to the ball and getting their job or getting the, getting the ball getting the ball down. That's the most important thing. Let's talk about this Eastern Michigan game. Yeah. It was kind of brought up during the press conference as well. Ben Bryant, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of Wisconsin originally, I think is where he committed. Then he went to Cincinnati. He was right. back up there, and now has really very quickly grown into the starting role mm-hmm. uh, at Eastern Michigan. What are some of the things the defense is going to try and do to stop him on Saturday? Um, just containing him. I think um, um, Demond kind of mentioned it earlier. He, he is he does have some athleticism to him that's kind of sneaky a little bit. So just making sure that. Uh, we uh, pass rush well and get to him and then make sure that we, we, we make him feel uncomfortable in the pocket because I feel like he, he, he wants to hold on to the ball and our job is to make sure he doesn't. And, and if he does get rid of it, it's a PBU or a big play for us. So I think that's the biggest thing, just getting after him and making him in those stressful situations. Dylan Thompson and the defense going to try and make something happen this Saturday. Dylan, thanks again for coming for on. For sure, appreciate it. That was Dylan Thomas, the linebacker slash cornerback for the Huskies, talking about what NIU is going to look to do against Ben Bryant and the Eagles on Saturday. The only position Thomas hasn't played, he talked about this at the press conference, getting his hand in the dirt on the defensive line, but Damon Taylor, a defensive lineman for the Huskies, talked about the priorities that they're going to have in the game. Quote, it's very important to get pressure on him because he's a guy who can run too. We have to corral him and get him out of the pocket when we can and make him throw on the run. So that's what NIU is going to do to try and limit Bryant. For the Eagles, they're going to try and limit Rocky Lombardi with a pair of phenomenal pass rushers in Jose Ramirez and Turan Rush. These very well might be two of the premier quarterbacks in the league, but they're going to have to contend with really good defensive lines. To discuss the players, the game coming up on Saturday, our next guest is Christian Byers of the Eastern Echo. That's next on the Red Black Football Podcast. (laughs) 
Joining me now on the show is Eastern Echo sports editor, Christian Byers. You can check out his work at easternecho.com or on Twitter at EMUChristianB. Christian, thank you so much for coming on the program. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure. The Eagles offense has been really, really impressive uh, these first few weeks. 35 against St. Francis, 42 against Massachusetts, and then 59 last week against Texas State. I think they're leading the MAC right now, 35.8 points a game, uh, the most per game among any team in the conference through four games. What makes them so efficient and, and what's really going to translate well for them offensively into this MAC schedule? Um, I think it's the versatility with running the football. I mean, you have a double threat guy like Ben Bryant under center. He can use his legs to get in the open field, you know, scramble out of the pocket and make those extra plays. And then I think just the versatility with the DBs. I mean, you have guys like Darius Boone or the sorry, the running backs like Darius Boone, even someone like uh, Samson or Evans back there. You know, they are all involved in the offense and they all can get the job done. They're very versatile in that depth. You mentioned Ben Bryan. He took over uh, the starting job from Preston Hutchinson, who himself was a pretty uh, formidable quarterback in the MAC. But Ben Bryant comes from Cincinnati, had top level offers from tons of uh, power five schools. What does he bring to this offense and and what has made him sort of the guy very quickly uh, at Eastern Michigan? Just the grit. I mean, he's a captain. You, You can tell he's a captain when he steps on the field. Uh, again, the versatility with being able to use his legs and then just the ability to consistently throw the football. I mean, against St. Francis, completing 80 percent, uh, Wisconsin still at 57 percent, uh, Massachusetts and Texas State above 60 percent. He, he's just a dual threat who gets the job done when it needs to be done. The Eagles also have a pair of really, really good edge rushers. Uh, that are following the lead of previous great defensive linemen that they've had, like Max Crosby, of course, making a big impact in the NFL. Sophomore Jose Ramirez leads the team with 12 hurries, and Teron Rush leads the team with three sacks. That's through through four games. Tell me about those guys and, and what they bring to the defense. Is this a team that is really prioritized pressuring the quarterback? A hundred percent. Yes. I mean, you have some big bodies with those guys, you know, applying that pressure, not only to the pass game, but even to the rush game. Um, I mean, Tehran is a, a, is a leader in its core. He definitely defines that role. And then Jose is promising as a sophomore, you know, he's very young and he has a very uh, bright future as an Eagle. And, and this is a team that also has a lot of great offensive linemen city uh, Sal the junior offensive lineman, of course, uh, a all-MAC third-team selection last season. Kickoff for this game is scheduled at 1.30 on ESPN+. NIU is favored, but not even by more than a field goal, and it seems in recent years that NIU-EMU games have probably come down to a field goal a few times. These are games that are historically very close and down to the wire. Uh, I believe they went to overtime twice in a row, and then last year uh, had the... Uh, eight point game that came down to a last drive that EMU stopped for NIU. So what is going to be the big difference? We have two really good quarterbacks in Lombardi and Bryant. We have two really good rushing attacks. We have two very good defenses. What do you think is going to be the difference uh, that determines the outcome? 
I really think it roots back to the cliche that defense wins championships. And this, I think it's defense wins this game. You know, these offenses are shooting at a high clip. It's really going to be down to who gets that stop, who gets that stop in the fourth quarter, who gets that, you know, fourth and goal, fourth and two, you know, those third downs, that's going to be the crucial difference maker in this game. And, and there's a defense uh, that can make plays. Certainly. David Carter has two interceptions this year. Russell Vaden has an interception this year. We'll see how that defense does now that we start Mid-American Conference play. Christian, thank you again so much. We appreciate you bringing on the show and, and helping us preview this contest. Absolutely, James. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That was Christian Byers of the Eastern Echo. You can check him out on Twitter at Christian J. Byers. Once again, the ad is Christian J. Byers on Twitter. EMU is going to be an interesting team to follow this year. They were ranked sort of with NIU near the bottom of the West, but they shared the best non-conference record in the MAC with WMU at 3-1 entering this game, their only loss to a ranked Wisconsin opponent. It's a good start to the year for Chris Creighton and his team, and they put themselves on a path to their fourth bowl game under Creighton uh, in about eight seasons now in Ypsilanti, Michigan. We'll wrap things up here, but first, here's the three and out with all the news from the weekend ahead. First, Mid-American Conference play begins this weekend for many teams around the conference, the biggest game of which being a potential preview of the championship game in Detroit come December. Two contenders, the Buffalo Bulls, meet the Western Michigan Broncos at 11 a.m. live on CBS Sports Network Saturday. In non-conference matchups, Ball State hosts the undefeated Army team and Toledo visits the winless UMass team. Second, a plethora of top 25 matchups are on the docket for Saturday at 11 a.m. on ESPN number 2 Georgia hopes to stop the charge of the number 8 Arkansas Razorbacks. On NBC at 1.30, number 7 Cincinnati tries to show they can play with the big boys of college football with a meeting with the number 9 Notre Dame team in South Bend. Finally, at 2.30 on CBS, number 1 Alabama hopes to fend off another SEC challenger, the 12th ranked Old Miss Rebels. And finally, former Huskies head coach Jerry Kill was in the news this past week after finding himself in the middle of a post-game scrum between Southern Methodist University and Texas Christian University. After the Mustangs of SMU knocked off the Horned Frogs of TCU, the two teams brawled on the field after SMU players tried to plant their flag on the TCU logo at midfield. Kill, a TCU assistant, was knocked down twice and sustained a concussion from the falls, but is still with the team ahead of their matchup with Texas this weekend. Jerry Kill in his time at NIU was actually responsible for the biggest blowout of EMU in the school's history, 71-3 at the factory in 2010. Jerry Kill, that was against Ron English since Chris Creighton has come to town for EMU. A lot of close contests between these two schools for the last five matchups have been decided by one score or less including last year a 41-33 loss that really came down to EMU getting a stop on the last possession, uh, and it closed out the 0-6 season for the Huskies. Now, 
they look like a better built team and EMU looks like a better built team. A really exciting matchup this weekend at Husky Stadium. The homecoming game for NIU. They hope to take home a win for the homecoming fans and take home a win and go 1-0 in conference play to start their year. We'll have the recap of that plus a preview of their next contest against Toledo next week on the Red Black Football Podcast.